with Catherine Toon Podcast. Welcome, welcome. And I am so excited to have a new friend, one that I'm getting to know better, and someone who I admire from semi-afar, as far as social media goes, Gil Hodges. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. And I appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I just got done reading your brand new book. And I have to say, wow. You know, I get a a ton of requests for people for books and things and it's great but this one is so powerful and so timely uh and so i'm so excited to talk about that uh but before we dive in tell us a little bit about your journey where you've come from because it ties into the book really well yeah well you know it's interesting because I, I really don't tell, and I'm not going to tell my testimony now, but uh, it, I don't tell my testimony that often anymore just because I've realized that who I am is not who, you know, the the story of my life or what I thought was my identity before. Um, and so that that's part of the revelation of the book is realizing that all the programming we go through that, you know, kind of makes us a little bit of who we are today um is not necessarily who we're supposed to be and that that part of our journey is exploring and beginning to ask questions and open things up and so yeah my my past was pretty trashy in a lot of different ways and uh mm-hmm. uh i was taught to hate myself and uh, think i was worth nothing and mm-hmm. and and you know and it's the story of a lot of people most people in fact to some degree or another yeah and it's like Hey, let's let's take another look at all this and look at it from God's perspective and just begin to ask the questions and rethink all of the things that we've been told. Doesn't mean we throw it all out, but let's at least look at it again and look at it in light of our Father God and what he's doing in you and what he's looking for you to do in this realm. Um anyway, it's just a lot of, a lot of stuff that again came from a pretty rough background. And Father opened my heart up to see some things. And now what I want to see is people set free and to be able to walk in the freedom of who they really are. And that's what the book Choice is really about. Yes. And I wanted to read the actual, the full title. It's Choice, the Most Powerful Thing in the Universe Next to God. And I, I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that a little bit because I, you know, people are a different place in their journeys. There's a lot of people people that are still struggling with some of those issues, self-hatred and worthlessness and all the stuff. Uh, And, you know, we don't want to blow that off in terms of of the pain point of that and the struggle of it. But the beauty is there's another side as you enforce the power that's been intrinsically given to you as a son and daughter of God, whether you know you're, you're a son and daughter of God or not the power of choice. Yeah. Uh, so start to unpack that for us. And thank you for giving those folks some hope because looking at you're like, yeah, you seem like you had it pretty great and all that kind of stuff. You, you know, you're so powerful. And so it's just a, a testimony to, to the power of choice and exercising that. So unpack this for us. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I, I just want to say that one of one of the things that is an outcome of uh, of applying choice, you know, and, and again, just going through the book is that, you know, you're going to wind up in a place where you realize you get to choose love, joy and peace as the life you want to live. And it, and it doesn't matter what you've gone through. And it is, doesn't even matter what you're in right now. And, and again, not to minimize any of it, because some of it's very traumatic uh, for a lot of people. And I, you know, and I address that in the book, but to realize you have the power to choose joy, even in the worst of circumstances. Now, it doesn't mean you go through a horrible, traumatic circumstance, just happy, happy, happy. Mm-hmm. Happiness and fun, fun, fun is not joy. Mm-hmm. Joy is something that it, it's a contentment of what we've you know learned to have gratitude for. And it's just a beautiful place to be. But, you know, that idea of, you know, the most powerful thing next to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I start the the first chapter with a, a revelation that, that Father gave to me. And it just to envision him as he created all things from his own being, which is love. And in order to have love, you have to have choice. Without choice, we're just robots and slaves and and so everything he created, he created with choice, given, gave it, he gave it the right and the ability to resist him forever. And that's how powerful choice is. And for him to violate our choice, and this is something, again, from the revelation, just for him to violate our choice and, and basically, you know, uh, enforce anything on us that we we don't um, you know force us to make choices that we don't want to make, mm-hmm. then that would be a violation of who he is. Violation of love. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah. it's He's and again, I I hope in the book that I unpack that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you did such a masterful <laughs> job and such a hot button for me because I do a ton of coaching and meet people out in really dark areas and whatever, just trying to upgrade. Uh, you know, they're thinking and all of that, uh, mind renewal, all of that. But, um, you know, in that place where the, the constant question of in the place of suffering, in the place of why would God give people the ability to do heinous things? Because as love, you can't choose him if you can't not choose him. And so that makes us so powerful as sons and daughters that he leaves that open. And what a, incredible person he is to give his kids that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can't imagine the the pain and suffering that he feels Mm -hmm. when he looks upon his creation and he sees, you know, some of the traumatic garbage that people choose to do, you know, Mm -hmm. that has to be painful to him. And yet I also know that at his core is still that love, joy, and peace that cannot be shaken. And, you know, so I think part of it is we have to begin, and it's a chapter in my book about the the understanding the eternal perspective, mm-hmm. that God has an eternal perspective, and we can step into that eternal perspective with him and begin to see things from that place. And then we begin to realize that, you know, everyone's kind of playing their part. You know, even the people who are doing the heinous things, mm-hmm. they're playing a part that gives us the opportunity to choose whether or not we're going to respond in love. It gives us the opportunity to kind of level up in our love because in the kingdom, there would not be these heinous 
you know, acts going on, we would not have these challenges. And so in one perspective, we would be pretty weak in our ability to love because we'd only have known and experienced how to love in a perfect environment, but put us in this environment. I call it the crucible of character building because we are in a place where we get some of the the, the worst things thrown at us and we in the end get to choose how we're going to respond and, and that's and that is so amazing because we get upgraded in the process i mean it's yeah. more an unveiling of who we already are right yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that i'm going to choose to love past the unlovely you don't love the unlovely you love the lovely that is past the unlovely is how people are presenting. Mm-hmm. And so, because you're able to see past it and that actually pulls people up higher yeah. because when people are coming at you with something that, that is penis or whatever, it's a total distortion when you respond back in love. And there's a zane ways to do that. It's a question of engaging with a person of love. What does that look like here? Yeah right in this yeah. place and then empowering me to do what I can't do. Right. Yeah. Did you say that? And that's, yeah. and that's really important to empower you to do what you can do. So mm-hmm. for us to also understand, and, and again, I point this out and I hope I did a good job of helping people understand that really the only place that we have a hundred percent power and authority is over how we choose to respond to things because God is not going to force you to choose against your will However, there may be circumstances that he allows, or maybe he orchestrates some of it that we would not choose because we don't know any better. Now, if we knew better, we would probably be choosing to do certain things. But the 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 fact is, whether it comes from Father, God, good things, or from the enemy, darkness, and bad people, <laughs> you, you know, or I don't even like to use the term bad people, but yeah. people doing bad things. People who don't know who they are. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But what it doesn't matter which direction it comes at us from, things will happen to us and around us that are horrible, horrible. And a lot of people look at that and say, how can there be a God who loves with all that happening? Well, because he's not stopping them and taking away their power of choice. And at the same time, it gives us the opportunity. Again, you got to have an eternal perspective to even view this because in the in the moment, it's horrible and it should not happen. <clears throat> Uh-huh. But outside of that moment and into eternity, we begin to see that those circumstances that happen to us or around us that are horrible give us opportunity to choose to respond in love. And that is just leveling us up and strengthening us to step into higher levels of love to where we get to the place where ideally we respond in love all the time and we don't even have to think about it. And that's the place where I keep saying that's where we get to the place where Father finally says, you're there, son. Here's the keys to the kingdom and all power and authority that Jesus had. He showed us the way, showed us the path that he had would be instilled upon us. We would be trustworthy at that point. We, so, could, handle, we could handle this vast power and authority that he has, this cosmic power and authority that he's given to his kids because we're going to handle that well. Because yeah. it will be out of love for love in the name of love. Right. right. And, so, and we would never do anything outside of love because we have learned to be as one with the father, God, who is love. And and from that place, we operate. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. That's, that's glorious. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. true sonship and daughtership. I love that. 
Wonderful. We'll keep on going uh, for for you. And and there there's there's so much substance in this book. It's one of, and uh, one of the things I did want to make sure that I highlighted were these fabulous uh, QR code or just uh, written sections of engagement because yeah. there's application pause. Let's just not get this mental stuff. Let's engage to get it deep. You want to yeah. do that? Or- and I felt that was so, so important to do because I don't want people just picking this up and just, you know, doing a quick read through. And it's like, oh, that had a lot of great information. It's kind of like going to a conference and you get a lot of fire hose information and then you leave and you forget most of it. Yeah. Now, what I wanted to do is create an atmosphere, even as people are reading through the book, that where they stop, they pause, mm-hmm. they begin to meditate and engage with Father or Son or Holy Spirit and really look at what it was that we just covered and how, you know, for me, I'm still doing every every single chapter, every every one of these, I'm still in that place of growing more. And so to do that, I have to sit and I'll ask fathers, like, what do you have for me today? You know, in this specific area or that area and just let him speak to me because there's always greater depth, more layers to peel off <laughs> in order to get to that place where I actually have learned to respond in love every time in every situation. Yeah. And we're all growing. So, you know, that, that that's the beauty, too. So it, it's God will meet us where we're at in our process, in our journey. And it's not going to condemn us for what we're not doing yet, but will also relentlessly call us up higher. So it's this constant engagement, which makes it actually really exciting uh, because he he's relentless love. He doesn't slack off conforming us into his image, but he's patient and kind in the process and wants us to be patient and kind to ourselves in that too. So I'm sorry you can address that, but I, I love that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so, that you know, that's the beauty of it is that, you know, Father's taking us to a place where w- once we understand that choice is the most powerful thing in the universe next to him. Mm-hmm. And why is it next to him? Okay, number one, he obviously created all of us and he could in an instant snuff us out if he wanted to, but he's not going to. So what's happening is love never fails. God never fails. God is not weak. God is not unloving. God is not doing all these crazy things that unfortunately are being taught by a lot of churches. He's not doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. He is totally for you. And so, yes, you have the right and the ability to resist him forever. Mm -hmm. You have that right. You have that ability. Mm -hmm. But I would ask you, do you think you can outlast God? Mm -hmm. You know, so someone who is just determined to never, ever, ever give in to God. It's like, how long? And the, the the next question then becomes, well, he's going to come to you, you know, whether it's this side or that side, any side, he's going to come to you and he's going to sit down and he's going to reason with you at different points in that in eternity. You could say eternity. And at what point do you think you're going to completely outsmart him, outwit him? And God's going to say, ah, you win. Yeah. You don't ever have to come over because you just outsmarted me. <laughs> Yeah. Love is never not going to be love. Right. Right. So I love that picture you gave Mm -hmm. of sitting down and he does this with us on on this side of eternity. And I mean, we're in eternity, but, and on, on after death, all of that, uh, as there's nothing in the Bible to say that we've lost power of choice after death. 
Right. A a real really flies in the place of evangelical teaching, but it's actually true. And so how long are we going to be able to resist love? Right. Because for him to take away choice once we pass over, it's like, well, then what's the point? Because there's no love left. There's no way to learn to love, you know, and why would why would God even want that? Why would he have created us in the first place and put us through all this? He wouldn't. The fact is, choice will always be there. Yeah. Uh, I I I kind of sense and believe that when Father created everything and he put the two trees in the garden, you know, and those two trees just represent, you know, choice to follow him, choice not to follow him. And I can't help but think that he knew, even as he created everything, that there would there would have to be a group that would choose to go off, and. And, and and that would have to happen in order for there to be a knowledge and an understanding that you do have choice and you can go astray. Now, the beauty of it is, is on the other side, it says there will be no more tears. It says there will be no more sin. Why? And here's another thing. You know, I think it's kind of interesting. People will talk about how we are, um, you know, how, how and the Bible says that God will remember our sins no more. Now, it's actually that word in Greek and Hebrew, I can't remember which one, but um, it's he will remind us of our sins no more. It doesn't say he won't remember them, which would also indicate that we have to remember as well. Because if we don't remember, and we're in heaven for a billion years, and someone comes up and says, hey, did you, were you know, you obviously overcame, you know, wow, what were you an overcomer in? I'm sitting there scratching my head. I don't remember. Uh, so how can you be an overcomer that. then? I haven't thought that's brand. So it's remind. I love yeah. that. He will not re- remind right. us of our sins. Yeah. He's not going to point it out mm-hmm. on them and judge, you know, it's like, do you guys remember when you did that? No, but we will remember what we overcame. Otherwise, if we don't, it's like, we're, you know, what do we overcome? Uh, where's what where's we, the glory? If yeah. Jesus. Right. What did you do? what'd you do what'd you do it for uh don't remember (laughs) no (laughs) there that will be the glory of our father god and the power of his love that he took us through all that Mm -hmm. he was with us all the way through it and now we have a memory of it and it's like oh no not going back to do that again we've we've been there done that (laughs) that's why there will not be any more sin Mm -hmm. in the kingdom because we've done it and we've seen it, we've overcome it, and we're not about to go back to it because we we did. Lucifer, third of the angels, Adam and Eve, they all fell while in the presence of God because he did not take away their ability to choose. So just because we're in heaven doesn't mean that it's all going to be, you know, everything wiped away and nothing ever there again. I believe we will always have the power, the ability and the right to choose to veer off again. But God already knows that because of what we go through and because we have the memory intact, that mm-hmm. we will look at that and say, oh, heck no. You're inoculated <laughs> against yeah. stupidity. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How many yeah. times do we need to go around the mountain again? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's <clears throat> fascinating. That's brilliant. What a what a uh, unique twist uh which is which is beautiful that that actually just augments the power and god as this person who's just willing to risk everything right yeah 
I mean, that that's what blew me away when he gave me the revelation in the first place is just that he his greatest sacrifice was creating the universe, because as he created it, knowing that he could only create it from the essence of who he is, which is love and love cannot exist without choice. And he chose to create it anyway, knowing that we're going to go through this mess, but also knowing that he has the power and the ability and he will outlast everybody and everything with his love and he will restore all things. The pocket of stasis, that, that's so great. And when you think about it, you have uh, uh, Christ as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world and then walking it out in the flesh, terra firma. So the mastery of God that takes into account this power of choice to do evil, to rebel, and yeah. then redeem that to meet us in our delusion of separation, our delusion of whatever we got going on, uh, out of love that refuses yeah. to let go when yeah. we're fighting him. Right. You yeah. Know, it's amazing. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. I, you know, one of the things I state in the book is, it's just like, man, if we could just get rid of all religious scripture and text, all ancient stuff, get rid of it all. And we just went back and started with God is love. How would that change our reality and our world? Because there's so much division and so forth over doctrines that have been created out of other things Mm -hmm. um, that have just really convoluted the whole mess. And now we don't, you know, we're so far off track in so many different areas, but God, you know, still he is able and he is not surprised by any of this. He's not up there scratching his head, trying to figure out what to do. He is in full control, which whole nother area is like, I used to be one of those people that would go out and, you know, fight against the enemy and, and do all this prayer and battle and everything. Exactly. And, uh, and now I'm just like, God is big enough to take care of it. If he wants me to do something, absolutely. I will step in and do whatever he calls me to do. But too often, uh, I think well-meaning Christians are out fighting battles that in some cases may even be fighting against what God is doing. Um, and we need to really be careful of that. And that's why, you know, I talk about always look to see what the father's doing. Take a moment, check in with him because Jesus was a mature son. He said he didn't do anything unless he saw the father doing it. I've heard people talk today about, yeah, well, I'm a mature son. I don't need to really check in anymore. Whoa. So you're better than Jesus. I'm like, hmm, okay, well, see how that goes. <laughs> As you remain in me and me and you, you'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can do no dang thing. Yeah. We're acting as if we can do, we can separate in our minds from our source. Yeah. Come up with our next bright idea that looks good and may have been good in a different scenario, but that's not where, where God is leading now. Yeah. And so right now on. we're operating as in our own, as our own independent agents, which is foolishness. And which is sin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about behavior, just missing the mark on who you think you are. <laughs> you know, yeah. we are one with him. We cannot operate effectively apart from him. In fact, I mean, honestly, if we're completely apart from him, we we wouldn't exist. Period. Right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fascinating. And you and I had had a, a brief interaction about the issue of expectation versus expectancy. And I think that's kind of 
feeds in here because when we're operating kind of apart from him, we have an expectation of something that is not what God is doing. So unpack that. That's so powerful. Yeah. So I, I, I love this. And this, this was another revelation. I mean, I, in Colorado, I got so many revelations that, you know, Colorado high, I don't know what it was, what it was about that, but I just had so many significant revelations while I was there. You know, I'd go sit out in the backyard and <clears throat> sometimes up to 11 below zero, sit out there and, and just, you know, engage with father. It was just beautiful. And one of them was on this area of expectancy versus expectation. And that honestly, we can, I, I can almost trace every disappointment, every frustration, every preference. I can trace all of it back to, you know, an expectation of something uh, where, where I've, I've expected an outcome or I preferred an outcome and I didn't get my way. Mm-hmm. And so anymore, when I, when I start to feel that frustration, you know, disappointment or something I'm like, ah, all right. So where did I have a preference or where did I have an expectation that wasn't met? And, and is this something that I need to adjust, which almost you know, like 99.9% of the time, it's something I placed either on myself or on God and didn't even realize it. So the important thing is to shift over into a place of expectancy where I just trust. So it's based on trust. I just trust that my God is a good God. He is a good daddy. He loves me infinitely. He's never had a bad thing in his mind for me ever, ever, ever. He always wants my best. And so if I can understand that, and again, took a lot of meditation time for me to get there, to go there. Then I can begin to operate out of an expectancy that my daddy's a good God and he has my best in mind. And so whatever direction he's pointed me in, so it doesn't mean that we don't have a direction, but whatever direction he's pointed me in, whether I get to that destination or not is irrelevant. What really is important is that I'm just simply taking my step and my path by faith And if he says, take a hard right, I take a hard right. And I get off that path and I get onto a different one because he may have needed me to get, you know, go toward that thing. So you get a prophetic word or whatever. And, and, you know, people get their hearts set on the thing that he showed you versus the journey and the experience with God in, in the journey and the expectancy that, oh, he's got some good things for me. He's got a thousand, if not a trillion different ways to fulfill this beautiful thing that he's got for me. And yet we get all of a sudden focused on that one thing that that prophetic word or something showed to you. And that becomes an idol. And now if you don't get there, you're going to be disappointed. I've had people lose their faith. I've seen people lose their faith because God said something or they thought he said something they put an expectation on that and it didn't get fulfilled. And now they're angry at him because he didn't do what they wanted. (laughs) Um, And it's often a misinterpretation. Well, and then hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so you put all your hope in the one outcome versus did he say the outcome or do you say the direction to maybe lead to something else? And so we, we can never afford to stop engaging with God. Like, okay, I got it now. You know, this is, this is it. Yeah. Right. It's about, so you're setting it. yourself up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And this protects our hearts. And yeah. then also is, is the, um, also, you know, it's interesting. I, I think a lot of times 
we struggle with this constant dependence. It's a trust issue. So we're like, I'll trust you here. Okay, great. I'll take it from here. I got the instructions. And it's like, there's never any point where we're supposed to take it from here or right. we take it with him in it, which means that we are flexible to move as he wants to move us yeah. and it may not look like what we thought it was going to look. So we hold that loosely. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. That is all right on, you know, two chapters I spend on let go and flow, and I'm going to be doing some courses on the let go and flow. There's an acronym for the flow that I won't share here. I'm going to wait for the course on that, but we have to learn to hold things loosely and to flow. Learn Cause if we can't let go of our expectations, then we're not going to be able to flow with what he's doing. And then we're just going to be banging our head against the wall, or I've got another image that came up last night. This is just like, you can take this path where it's full of light and love and, and you get to just, you know, live in the love, joy, and peace on that path. Mm-hmm. Or you can take the other path. And I see, you know, people going down that path and for, you know, hanging out of cars and their heads, you know, scraping along the cement, you know, it's just a really bad path. It doesn't work real well and it hurts. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why do you want to take that path? Let's choose this one. Yeah. And and so to be able to understand that when we let go of what we think it has to be and begin to flow with what he's doing, you know, another analogy is the river of life, you know, in the heavens, when you begin to see that river of life flowing. Um, for some people, it's more like rapids because there's so many stumps and rocks and things yeah. of their ideas in that river that right. it's you're banging up against those and hitting those. Wouldn't you rather, I mean, some people like the excitement, I'm, you know, that's a totally another thing, but, but in the heavens and in the river of life, yeah, that should be just full of love, joy, and peace. Exactly. Yeah, I vote for that. I vote for that. Yeah. Sometimes you need to get your head bashed or scraped up against the concrete to think, okay, maybe there might be a better way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's true. And sometimes we're very <clears throat> stubborn with holding on to this because we think that this is God. And then we're reminding God of what he should do. As if right. God somehow forgot or you know didn't have that in mind. Yeah. So yeah, and 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 this is where we just need more conformity. But what's interesting about that letting go and flowing, whatever the acronym is, I'll be interested to hear what you what that is. But not in this thing because that's for your course. But uh, is it all involves trust, which is always the heart. Yeah, Father, can I trust you? Can I trust you? And He's like, How much do I love you, honey? Yeah, I trust you. What? How much do I love you? Right. I'm. I'm. I, I've got only good. How good am I? How good am I? Okay. That you. You see me in this dark way. I'm good until I'm not. I'm good yeah. when I'm doing what you want, but then when I'm doing something else, then I'm not good anymore. It's always about trust. This is where we're always getting nabbed. You know, the one place we're told to labor to enter, enter to labor is to enter the rest. We can only rest. When we can trust, when there's dangerous things, there are yeah. the stumps and the rocks and the what have yous, um, but we can rest because we're sons and daughters adored. And he's got this masterful way of leading us out of impossible things. He does. It will flow, but we've got to let go. Yeah. 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 And Catherine, I mean, you so, you you really, you, you nailed it because that is so, so important, that trust. Mm-hmm. And and for that trust to happen, we've got to go way back into what have we been taught? What do we believe about Father God? Mm-hmm. Because almost all of us, pretty much all of us, to one degree or another, 
have, in fact, I would, I, I think I can count on everybody having a false image of God to one degree or another. But when we have this idea that God could turn on us at any moment or right. that, you know, am I, have I been good enough? Mm-hmm. You know, when we have that type of mindset, well, how can you trust God that he's going to be there for you 100% of the time, all the time, never, never bailing on you, never leaving you? Mm-hmm. How can we have that when we then begin to start basing it on our own behavior, whether or not I'm good enough? And or just having that thought in the back of my mind that if I'm not good enough, he's going to punish me forever. Right. And you have the religious overlay that is, you know, that's why this is so toxic, because it's a lie in Jesus name. Right. And it's so toxic. And then you feel like you're bad for trying for wanting to believe the truth. And you said this is why we perish for lack of knowledge. But even our experience is a teacher uh, for good or bad or indifference, if your experiences, maybe, maybe that, maybe it wasn't that God is a punisher, but that God's just not there or he's out there somewhere, but not with me where I need yeah. him. And that all needs to be shored up. Uh, because if you don't think he's there or that he notices you or that you're invisible or that you're worth saving or yada, 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 all the lies that we grapple with as human beings in the darkness, <laughs> um, that's going to affect our ability to trust. And we're not going to, we're, we're going to, we're not going to flow. It's right. going to be really jerky. <laughs> and that, and that's so, it, it's so important that we actually step back into uh, well, it comes with the four phases of uh, restoration that I have as the last chapter of the book. And the first phase of that restoration is, number one, that we restore who our image, our image and understanding of who God is. It's not God that's changing, but we have to restore our understanding of who he really is, because if we don't do that and we go to phase number two, then, you know, phase number two is restoring the image of God in us. Well, if we see him as this mean ogre who's you know just simply waiting to nab you when you may do something wrong, well, then that's what we're going to reproduce. And unfortunately, that's what's been reproduced in the church. And that's why it's considered by, by a lot of people to be very condemn, condemning and judging, mm-hmm. because that's the way we see God. And so we reproduce that. So if we can get that squared away to know that God is love and that he is for me, not against me then that can be reproduced in me. And I begin sharing that as part of my identity to the world. I mean, just think how that would change the world. And that's just phase two. Phase three is then restoring kingdom community, which is bringing people together to where we begin to operate together with this mindset of God is good. I'm made in his image and he's got us covered. So now what can we do together? And there, there's a lot that can be done in community, um, but we have to be, we have to really know who we are because, you, you know, and, and we are, I hate to say it, but I think we're a long ways off. Now, God could do a miracle and change things dramatically. And we actually are seeing all this, you know, technological stuff that's going up. Well, you know, before all of this in the technological realm, the technological singularity and all that has come God's spiritual singularity. And it has been happening in the spirit before it's begun in the physical. And so we're seeing a lot of massive just explosions in, in, in uh, you know, 
up, updating and up, you know, leveling up and so forth. We've seen massive. So it is possible that Father's bringing something soon. But but when we are not able to fully operate in love, we're going to hurt one another. We're going to, and if we're not working in a, in a mindset of abundance, mm-hmm. then we're going to hoard. We're not going to be able to live in that environment of giving and receiving. Uh, it's just not possible to do that perfectly well in a community if the people haven't reached that place. So we got a long ways to go, but Father is doing a lot of things very rapidly. And then the last one, the fourth phase, is restoration of the cosmos. Again, all things that God could do all by himself if he wanted to, but he chooses to have a Catherine experience, and he wants to do it with you and through you. He wants to have a Gill experience, and with everybody, that's his heart. That's his heart is to be that close to each and every one of us to where he's experiencing the things we're experiencing and it's love, joy, and peace to the core. And then all the other stuff is just the external benefits that come along from having a a core that is love, joy, and peace from the Father. That is so good. In in, in our oneness and union, operating out of that oneness and union, because that's what's in the Trinity. That's There's nothing else, right? So no darkness, Nothing that's not love, nothing that's not joy, nothing that's not peace. And peace is another another word for that is is wholeness or holiness is all connected in there. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that I mean what what that means is astronomical, but there's nothing else apart from that. And that's who we're one with. That's who we are in the image and likeness of. So that gives yeah. us the capacity to say yes. And grow in our capacity. Okay, God, you're really like that. And repent in that, um, change our minds, come to the highest level. And then who am I? And then who are we together? And then what does this mean for the whole cosmos? Because as we manifest as sons and daughters, creation is released from its bondage. It's amazing. God won't do it without us. Yeah, right. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I, I love that about him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good. That's so, I'm oh, sorry, Greg, keep going. <clears throat> Well, there. I don't know where, where would you like to go next. I, yeah. I, well, I mean, I, and and I love that because uh, what uh, because that's where we're heading, and that's the process that we're in. What would you say to the person where the rubber meets the road, and maybe they're still in a place of real darkness, a real torment, um, and so they're they're struggling with this sense of being able to choose and what sort of practical things can you give that person as a handle to grab a hold of with this power of choice where they're really struggling to choose the light life, truth, love, all of that. You know, I, I I do get the question oftentimes, or it's said to me, what about the people who can't choose? Like, okay. Number one, that's there. There's no one that can't choose. There's no thing that can't choose. When Jesus said that if the people weren't praising, that the rocks would cry out, you know, you know that the rocks would choose you, but they didn't. So they must have chose not to because the people were, you know. So everything God has created has this power of choice. You know, even when you get down to the atomic level, you got electrons and neutrons and everything that are doing their thing. But sometimes one of them will do something different, you know, than what it. Yeah, it's it's just you know so. Everything has choice. So to say that someone doesn't have choice, I would take them to chapter two, where it's it's the challenges to choice. 
Mm-hmm. And the fact is, yeah, some people are going to have a bit more of a challenge and maybe a large you know, challenge to make choices because of programming. And programming starts in the womb. It may even start before that, but it starts in the womb. And then, it, you know, as you're you're growing up as a child, you're you're being trained and programmed by your parents, mm-hmm. uh, your church and your community and your school trains you, programs you, your government trains you, programs you. All of these things are programming us yeah. to where I can tell you that most Americans, we're going to go rah, rah, rah. We are the best. Most Russians are going to go rah, rah, rah. We are the best. You know, most people in their country are going to think they are the best because that's the environment they grew up in. And that's what they've been trained and taught. And they really believe it. Yeah. So which one is the best? Well, that's really something that we could all sit down and have a discussion about, you know, but but the point is we are all programmed and some of that. SRA programming, you know, that's really deep, deep programming to where they do their best to take away the idea that you have choice. But the bottom line is you always have choice because there's no way out of that scenario unless you have the power of choice. You could have a billion people coming to you. You could have God himself coming to you to help you out of that. And if you have no choice, then you can't choose to get out of it. So you have choice. Yeah. It's just you may have to dig deeper to muster up the courage and the strength to make the choice that's going to take you a different direction. A lot of times we'll say, well, I had no choice. Mm -hmm. What we really mean is that the circumstances of that choice versus the circumstances of this choice, Mm -hmm. well, this choice highly outweighed that choice. It wasn't really a good choice, but it was a better choice. And so I chose that one. You still chose. But you felt like you had no choice because logically this seemed to be the best choice for you, but you still had a choice. So we've always got choice, no matter how we look at it, we have choice. And so we just, you know, it's a process for all of us to just become aware because right now I'm throwing out a number, but I'm saying 80 to 90, maybe 95% of the choices that I still make, knowing what I know and being aware as I am aware that probably... 80 to 90% of my choices are still done through programming. Mm-hmm. I don't even think about it. I simply do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't question why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can become more aware, there's some things that I'm doing that I'm, I could look at and go, oh, if I eat that, then I know that I'm going to have this reaction, that reaction, you know, things are going to happen that uh, are really not pleasant. But my programming is because maybe I grew up eating that all the time, uh, that I'm just going to eat it because that's what I do. And so, you know, we just have to get to the place where we make ourselves aware that everything we're doing, pretty much everything we're doing is a choice and begin analyzing those choices, questioning those choices and and seeing which one really is better, which is the, which is a better choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, that's where I would begin is just to realize you have choice. Mm -hmm. Now start questioning and looking at the choices you're making to see if they're the ones you really want to make. Is that even the words out of our mouth? Oh, I'm poor. I'm never going to have another dime. I'm never going to have enough money. Okay. Do you really want that? Because you just spoke those words into your life. Is that the choice? Is that what you want? Do you want to continue to speak that into your life? Or do you want to stop, grab the thought? You know, even if you speak the words, just at least cancel, delete. I pull those words back. I do not want those going out into the the atmosphere to become true. I pull those back. But eventually getting to the place where Paul talked about, take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. 
Look at it. Is this what I really want? If not, get rid of it. If it is what you want, all right. Now dwell on it, on everything that's pure and good. Dwell on that and follow that. Make that your choice. So anyway, I hope that helps. No, that's brilliant because it brings about the idea of we are subject to programming, but what we do have power with is to become aware yeah, and then to make choice. And I think sometimes we defeat ourselves because it's not like the perfect choice, but if there's better choice, choosing the better is a journey where you walk out in better, better, better until things yeah. really open up. So it's this neuroplasticity where right. we are, we will be programmed. So what programs are we choosing to deprogram yeah. and reprogram, right? Because we, we have to have default programming, otherwise we couldn't function but we want that default program to be, you know, God is good. He's love. He loves me. I'm powerful. I'm blah, 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 all the good stuff. Um, because that's really what God is wanting to get into our system as truth, where we, it's our default and we're increasingly defaulting out of his truth, him as truth and reaping life more abundant to the full till it overflows. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Love and that's it. so helpful because, uh, and, and, but that does require from us, we have to think about what we think about. Right. And for some people, that's a choice mm-hmm. that they're going to have to look at because if they've never really thought about it, well, now they're going to have to expend some energy mm-hmm. and make the choice to choose to look at their choices. <laughs> and that's, that's just the reality of it. Uh, we will not change course if we don't choose to do so. We will always wind up being a, a victim in, you know, of our circumstances. Uh, everything outside of us is going to determine what, you know, what we experience, all of that. Now, to some level, like I said, there's going to be things that are going to happen to us yeah. or around us that we just can't control. Right. So then we still have the choice on how am I going to respond to that? Because one of the things I talk about is whatever your whatever energy you're putting out, if you're putting out negative energy, you're frustrated, you're angry, the choices you're making aren't really doing good things for you. Guess what? The laws of nature are designed what you sow, you're going to reap. And in a lot of cases, what you, you sow one thing and you reap the whirlwind. Right, right. <laughs> So choose wisely what you want to put out there, because whatever you're putting out, you're going to get it back. And so I'm going to choose to put out love, joy and peace, even when garbage and things are happening to me and around me that are really nasty and horrible. And I and I probably do have a right if I wanted to, to really respond negatively toward that, you know, but do I really want to do that? Or do I want to turn to the father and say, this is horrible. How do I respond in love? And to take that path of light and love, joy, and peace, because the more I take that path, the more that's going to produce and come back to me. And I'd love to reap that. So exactly. what you want to reap, start producing, start making the choices to produce what you want and stop doing the other. And, and I love the Bob Newhart, you know, uh, series where the woman comes in and and he, you know, he's a psychologist and and she's saying, well, these things happen when I do this and do that. And in the end, basically, the bottom line is Bob, you know, says, um, well, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you have the choice. You have the power to stop some of the ways you think. In fact, all the ways you think. 
again, maybe not necessary things that happen to you, but if you can stop the ways that you're thinking that are not beneficial to you, and you can start changing those and start looking at what is beneficial and what is love, then you'll start reaping this and that will start to dissipate. It's not an overnight thing. It takes, takes and it takes time. a lot of work. But I think a lot of times when we there there's the energy of going in the way in the way of death. But if we can use that energy that started that way and deflect it um, to something positive, you flip it into something po- positive. So in other words, well, this always happens to me, blah, blah, blah. And we start to whine, complain, you know, bitch and moan, whatever. Um, and then they're like, but God is good. And I know he has a way out. And you, you can flip it into something using yeah. that energy. <clears throat> so you're not denying the feelings of suffering, whatever, that you flip it in a positive direction because you are intrinsically powerful. And we're not giving up our power, you know, because people make bad, other people make bad choices, or I've made bad choices in the past, or yada, yada. It's like, but I can choose to flip it. And that's our journey out of the hellhole that a lot of times we create, yeah. we dig deeper, yeah. right? Yeah. That we can choose to do that. And that, that's helped me and, you know, my crazy thinking to be able to say, well, I could start that way, but in the taking captive, I can deflect it. So good. Flip so it good. into something positive. Yeah. And, you, you know, and, and with my with my book, uh, you know, it went online for one day and then because of barcode issues, it got taken down. Now, you got to know that in in the preparation for all this and getting ready for the book, for me, this has been this feels like my legacy. This feels like what I'm going to be able to leave behind to really touch people and and make that ripple of of life, you know, reach out and, and, and change things. Um and so I got all this, you know, going and I'm looking forward to the big launch and, you know, what comes after and day one, boom, my book gets taken down because of barcode issues. And so here's this big launch. It was supposed to be this big celebration thing and it gets taken down. And so, you know, my reaction at first was, what do I, what do I do next? So, I mean, I, there was that inclination to go a little bit to the negative, right. but I refused it and kept going into, all right, Father, what have you got? And it took a day or two, but I began to see how Father could take this thing that you know could be considered bad by a lot of people and turn it into something good. I'm like, okay, so I get a second relaunch, right. a relaunch date. I, get I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. That's and that's another thing though. Even though we may do things to correct or do the right thing, mm-hmm. oftentimes we will do a right thing, make a choice to make something right or do better. And even those circumstances that come out of that good and right choice aren't what we thought they should be. Again, it's another area where we need to let go and flow because, you know, you can do a good thing and and look for a specific outcome, an expectation, <clears throat> create an expectation around your good choice. And then if it doesn't come in the way that you created that expectation for, now you're disappointed. Now you're frustrated. Right. You know, and it's like, don't go there. Keep it as an expect- expectancy that I'm making a good choice. The rest is in father's hands and I trust him that he's a good, good God. And even though what comes up next, sometimes we make choices and it brings on a harder challenge now and even harder challenges like, well, what the heck, what's going on? Well, got to remember everything is working out for your good. Mm -hmm. You can look at it in one light or the other. So you make a right choice and something comes back that you would not necessarily consider a good thing. 
But if you can see it in the light of eternity, that father is doing his best for you and to look at it and say, ah, another opportunity to level up and respond in love even more. And we're going deeper. We're going deeper, deeper into love, but higher in our understanding and responses in love. Mm -hmm. So it's all good. You know, uh, again, an eternal perspective will turn out good because sometimes it's really not good, but it will turn out good. Exactly. In the not good. So for me, I look at it as, well, it's it's all good. I mean, maybe that thing is happening. Okay, maybe obviously it's not uh, something we would label as good, Mm -hmm. but it's good in that it's challenging me to respond in love. That's how I look at it is it's good in that sense. I would not condone it for your advantage. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm not going to condone things that are, that, that shouldn't be condoned. I'm not going to call it good that sense. In fact, I even talk about it in the book that uh, there is some condemnation that is needed because we're condemning things that we do not condone. We're not going to condone child molestation and call that good. No. However, if that happens Mm -hmm. around me in my sphere, Mm -hmm. I can look at it and say, how do I respond in love rather than go kill the person who did what I just horribly hate, you know, how can I respond in love and that I can create more love in the universe by responding in love and moving that direction. Yeah. That's where we overcome evil with good. There's an evil thing, but we overcome it. And then there's something even greater, which only God is that masterful to make that evil even turn out for a better good because he's so redemptive. I call him the, the master chess player. He'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I trust yeah. him. Yeah, which is one of the reasons we can rest because yes. he's so masterful. It's like, whoa, look at that curve <laughs> and he'll move it. And, and it is breathtaking. And, it, and, you know, if we're not seeing it, we can ask God for eyes to see. So what is the thing that you are doing that is causing a transcendence in the midst of what seems like a huge setback or a huge you know, hit, um, there's a, he's, he's, he's way ahead of the game. Amen. (laughs) We can rest in that, which is amazing. Oh my goodness. Well, I can't believe, oh my goodness. The time's already gone. This has been so much fun. Uh, Where can people get your book? How do they find you? Talk about the course. You have great courses. You've got so much. I was like sneak peeking your website. I'm like, dang, there's a lot. (laughs) So, So So, um, you know, our main course uh, that is kind of our flagship right now is called Ultimate Impact. <laughs> and that is, uh, you could call it a discipleship course, but it is helping people walk through to freedom. Uh, the The book, however, you will see in, let's see, this is uh, October. So probably November and December, you're going to start seeing some new courses and some new things coming out. Uh, wrapped around the book. And um, so kingdomequippingcenter.com, that's the main area right now. We are building a community and it's not quite ready, but hopefully this week it will be um, up and running. But it's choicecommunity.org will be another place to go to to uh, really focus in on what we're doing in 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 with the book. Um, so you can get the book on Amazon. Uh, paperback version you can get on Amazon uh, as well as Kindle. We will have it in uh, ebook form on our website. Mm-hmm. So those would be the places to go to. Wow. Well, that's amazing. You are doing so much. It's so good. I, I feel like we just barely scratched the surface of your book. And what, but the, truly, this is a, a life altering 
book if we can just grab a hold and I can see going back and because it's so rich uh, to glean more and and be empowered in it it's not just wow okay now I need to feel bad because I'm not making no you don't need this is empowering it's not it's so good to be empowered to be the daughter the son that God is calling me to be right Um, and uh and so it's it's although it, it doesn't doesn't let you off the hook doesn't give you excuses but right. you don't want excuses because you're a son and daughter, right? So exactly, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, wonderful. So good. Yeah, if they need to, if someone has any questions for you, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, the best way right now would be info at choicecommunity.org. Okay, great, yeah. wonderful. Well, Gil, it has been so fun. I can't believe the time has flown away. Um, it went fast. Yes, it sure did. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm looking forward to see what comes out of this book. Oh my goodness. I, Me I too. Explosive. So wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, great. Thank well, everybody. So yes, you're so welcome. Everybody share. Uh, someone needs to hear about this. Someone just the interview is going to stir something up. And then for sure, get the book for sure. Uh, find Gil, find his website, what he's doing. And if you're supposed to be a part of these courses that are coming out, do that. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. So thanks everybody. Yeah. Thank you once again, Gil. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Wonderful. you too. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.